and you have um how do you not say conceited and say conceited how do you um full of themselves the best are you looking for approval from someone else i'm looking for somebody back there to nod to me like yeah use that <laughs> word no, i'm not getting no help Good morning. Happy Sunday to you. It's uh, it's fabulous to be here. We're uh, doing something a little different today. So I have Minister Mary, myself, Elder Dave, kind of hanging out on this Sunday morning. And um, what we wanted to do um, is just bring you a very open, candid, and real conversation. You, you okay with that? Yeah. You sure? I agree. Okay. All right. There's some rules to this conversation. Oh, here we go. Okay. No cracking jokes. I'm out. And you gotta be serious. I, you're on your uh, Okay, well, may, maybe not, but we'll, uh, we're gonna start together today because I think this is something that as husband and wife, as, you know, mother, father, son, daughter, all those sort of familial relationships we're gonna talk about today, I think we've experienced in different facets. So I think we start with the Bible verse first and then kind of get to what we're gonna talk about. Okay. You good with that plan? Sure. So we're gonna start in Romans chapter five, verse eight. And I'm gonna read from uh, the contemporary English version of the Bible. So what we're gonna talk about, um, we'll, we'll just kind of jump right into it. Um, it's gonna be a little bit different than what you're normally used to seeing on Sundays. Mm -hmm. um, it's not necessarily uh, a standard message, so to speak, but what we're having is just a real heart-to-heart -heart conversation about some things that um, I think you'll benefit from. So I, I hope and pray that this conversation is beneficial to you um, as believers, as family, as husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, daughters, brothers, sisters, you know, wherever, you, wherever you're falling at. People. That's, that's <laughs> a good people. one. Thanks for, for helping me out on that one. Um, so let's, let's jump into this. So Romans chapter 5, verse 8, uh, and the CEV says, But God showed how much he loved us by having Christ die for us even though we were sinful. Would you, what was that? Do you have a, you have a better version? I do. Uh, not better, just different. Okay, good. All right, so in the message, but God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrifice, in sacrificial death while, while we were of no use whatsoever to him. Hmm. So... What we're talking about today is loving unconditionally. So we started here with Romans chapter five. You went message, I went CEV, which is fine. You I like all the it. words? I, I, I do like all the words. Um, I need words. I need them a lot. And ultimately what we're talking about is God's unconditional love. Um, so let's talk about it. You okay with this? Sure. All right. So I'll start first. I'm gonna ask you this question. So we've read Romans chapter five, verse eight and we've talked about unconditional love. When you hear that phrase, and in a lot of church circles, or even outside of that, even in the secular world, you hear them talking about unconditional love. So can you, can you define that? What does that mean? When you, when you hear that phrase, unconditional love, what do, you, what do you think? What comes to mind? Sort of what's your, your definition? Uh, so I would think unconditional love is loving without wanting anything back in return. To love, uh, Freely-ish. Freely-ish? Freely. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Um, 
I consulted my good friend Zondervan, hmm, and he, he's doing fine. He's doing fine. Uh, so the answer that I have, or at least my definition, is unconditional love is really agape love. Um, it's, it's God's perfect love. Uh, you see that agape love in the life of Jesus Christ, um, where he, he lived it out by sacrificing himself. You, you read it in the, mm -hmm. in the Message Bible, mm -hmm. that God loves us without exception and sets the example for us to do the same. So loving unconditionally has to be not just words on a page or something that someone else did. It has to be, or it really is, love in action. So I think that's how I look at it. I mean, I, I know we reference Zondervan here, but loving unconditionally um, is really, like you said, love with no strings attached. And growing up, I, I feel like I've experienced that um, from my parents. Um, Lord knows that as I reflect back on what it was like growing up, um, they certainly had unconditional love for me, loving me without exception, even when I wasn't very nice, mm. um, okay. even when I was hard to love. And when I think about this, it's not easy, It's well, it's easy for me or it's not hard to envision what unconditional love looks like because I had really good models. Mm. Um, when I think about my, my mother and father um, who really did everything that they could to make sure that I knew that I was loved. Um, even when their love was instruction um, or chastisement, it was still love. Um, and even though in the moment I may not have agreed with it um, or even liked it, I knew that it was gonna get me to, to a certain place. Um, so, so that's how I, I view uh, unconditional love. Lord knows that I probably deserved more than what I got. Can I ask a question? Sure. You have love, or you said love in action. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, you see it um, for, for, well, I, I gave you the example of my parents um, in terms of how they chose to deal with myself, with my brother, um, as we were growing up. You know, no matter what happened, I was always able to go and talk to them or explain to them the situation, even knowing that, all right, I probably did something really stupid. And I know that I'm going to deserve to get something, but I was never afraid to have that conversation. Um, I was never afraid to, you know, kind of bear myself out there. And in turn, they still loved me unequivocally without sort of reservation. No matter what I did, they always loved me. Even if I, I messed up royally, they still loved me. Um, and love in action, you know, is living or loving sacrificially. And we'll kind of get into this a little bit, like love in action, putting others in, in, in front of yourself, not seeking your own advantage, that sort of mm -hmm. thing. Um, and I think that's kind of what I mean by love in action. I mean, Jesus is the best example of that. Um, and that, that's kind of where, where I land. What do, you, what do you think when you hear that? I'm curious because you're making the connection with your parents and you as a son and them being, and them loving you unconditionally is the same as I would see the Lord with us. Right? Sure. So where would a different type of, and, and we had this kind of conversation offline, like when I think about love, I automatically think it relationshiply. I know that's not a word. <laughs> Just make them up. It's totally fine. Um, when in, in terms of a, a more romantic relationship, like that's how I always picture love as a, as a more a romantic type relation. So I'm, I'm curious that like you went that route. And I know last night we, when we were talking, like I went 
I, I went always, all my examples were always like you and I. Right. So how, what's your opinion or your thought on just other relationships that you have with the unconditional love and to love in action? Like when I hear love in action, I feel like you're saying, um, like love is a verb, like love, like in order, in order to love, I guess this wouldn't be unconditional, right? In order to love, you have to provide an action as opposed to just, as opposed to just being. Just be? Just be. Um, I think oftentimes we're taught that love is transactional. That I love you in this set framework because I'm expecting you to do something for me. Mm -hmm. And I think when we talk about unconditional love, especially when we're, when we're talking about you know our Heavenly Father and that relationship, is that He's going to love us regardless. I mean, when you talk about it in, in Romans, He said, I loved you even when we could do nothing for Him. Right. Like even when we didn't matter. Like even when all of our actions were in the complete opposite of living a life for God, He mm -hmm. still loved us. Even in that sinful nature, um, He still decided that, you know what, you're worth being saved. He didn't even know us yet. Well... Ish, right? I mean, I, I don't, I don't necessarily know if it, if it was a matter of him not knowing us. I, I think he knew that we were coming. I guess. Yeah. yeah. And and I and no matter what we could have done, no matter what I will ever do, he will still continue to love me unconditionally. And it sets up an environment in which I should be free to go and talk to him about anything, anytime. I think when people truly understand what God's unconditional love looks like, it removes all pretense. Like, I'm not afraid to go and talk to you now because, you know, God's love isn't punishment. Right. You know, does that make sense? It does to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, it, ho hopefully, it, hopefully it does. So, um, you know, we, we talked about it. John 3.16 is, you know, the one verse that we, we kind of go to. Um, about another example of, of sacrificial love. And ultimately, you know, the thread that we're weaving here is about loving without condition. Right. You know, loving you no matter what. And sometimes that becomes difficult to do as believers. I, I will tell you, just being honest, there are some times where I struggle loving people because in my own person as, as David, it is hard for me to love unconditionally. I don't know the side of you. You know, the transparency. Well, you know, it's a... In this forum. It's a, it's a new day. <laughs> but I think um, loving through the lens of living a life for God, mm. having him live in me and living out of that love makes it easier for me to love unconditionally. And I can feel when I am not in the right spot where that love walk like the pastors talk about all the time, sort of, you know, my love walk is here and I've taken a detour. Mm. Um, and when that happens, you, you tend to see, or I tend to see things sort of meandering down a road that I, I don't want to go. So when you, when you talk about it, um, can you love unconditionally? Can you do it? Can I? Yes. Do I? No. Consistently? Can I, I consistently love unconditionally? Yeah. If I try. So is that... I don't love. There's... I, I don't... I do love, period. I don't love unconditionally all the time. Right. There's conditions. What's the situation in which you wouldn't? 
or like what holds you back from doing it, I guess is the better uh, question. What holds me back from doing it? Um, I stumped you. Are we honest? Are we honest? <laughs> are we honest here in the church? Um, honestly, yeah. it's it's fear. What are you afraid of? Opinions. Mm -hmm. um, not being loved back. Okay. Um, I mean, the list goes on. <laughs> what am I afraid of? I can go on. I mean, I I think I think that's a good point that you make um, about not receiving anything in return. And we talk about love being unconditional, where we're loving without expectation. Mm. Um, and when you say, you know, we'll kind of talk about it a little bit later, that people experience fear, and that's the reason why it's difficult to love, because fear is a result of, of punishment. So oftentimes, I think people are afraid to love unconditionally because there may be a chance that at the end of this, I may get hurt. Right. Or at the end of this, I may not be accepted for who I am. Or maybe I don't fit in someone's perfect little box or their image. And I think sometimes that forces us to draw back. And as opposed to just living freely in the love that, that God has for us and how he wants us to live, we sort of pull back um, and really... And really kind of shut down. And I think um, that's that's problematic. Um, real fast, let's go to 1 Corinthians um, 13. I mean, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about this chapter, right? If we're talking about love, I think you gotta I think it's obligatory. <laughs> I think they throw you out of the church club if you don't read <laughs> this chapter when you talk about love. I, I'm pretty sure it's a prerequisite. So 1 Corinthians. 13, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it up on you. I'm oh. not going to go uh, CEV. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Look at that. I'm going to go, I'm going to go NIV on you. How about that? Oh. So we we know that this is the, the, the love verse, the love chapter. Uh, we talk about it. We said know. that already. We did. And I was very happy on that day. Not that I'm not happy right now, mm. but you know, you, you, you referenced <laughs> that. Um, so I'm going to start here, verse 4. And I'm going to go to verse 7, and then let's kind of see where it fits into this conversation. So verse 4 says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. <laughs> Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Verse 8 says, love never fails. It never fails. Mm. We hear this all the time, and we talk about it, and this really is a roadmap to show you how to live that lifestyle of loving others and loving unconditionally. Like reading verse four through seven talks about how you can sort of unfetter yourself or unshackle yourself from any of those, you know, sort of things that would hold you back from loving other people. Would you agree? I would. Okay. Well, good. Thanks so for agreeing. I, I'm, I'm concerned though here. Uh, it keeps no record of wrong. Wait, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not. Oh yeah, it keeps no records of wrongs. Yeah, you can't hold a grudge. 
Am I allowed to recite a conversation that we had seven years ago at 3 a.m. in the morning that you're supposed to remember? I mean, you could recite it, but that would certainly not be uh, beneficial. <laughs> at least <laughs> not to me in this moment. But it says up here that, wait, what'd you say about not angry? Oh, doesn't easily anger. If you can easily anger, then I should be able to keep records of wrongs. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's how it works. I'm not supposed to be easily angered. Hmm. And you can't hold a You chose the scripture? I did. Hmm. I did. I said I'm working on it. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure where we are in the process, but okay. <laughs> uh, maybe probably at the very beginning. <laughs> it's okay. Help me, Holy Ghost. Um, but I think right now what you're, you know, what we're talking about is how we get to that end result of <clears throat> unconditional love. Because ultimately... Loving unconditionally is freedom. Because when we talk about living a life of sacrificial love, because that's ultimately what we're talking about, seeking someone's, someone else's interest and not seeking out my own advantage, mm. putting other people first. Um, when we do that, a lot of, I guess a lot of who you are as a person, like a lot of your, you know, haughtiness, a lot of your pride, a lot of your, um, you know, just your, just everything that you've, carefully stitched together as the public facade of who you are ultimately breaks away and falls away because loving unconditionally requires you to be sincere. I was going to ask that. Why is there a different person? Um, I, to, to, the same, to the same point that we made before, that it takes a tremendous amount of courage to be transparent, um, to be open, um, and to be honest because naturally from a human perspective people humans are flawed and ultimately whether you want to admit this or not you want to be liked of course you you want to make sure that you're giving a good impression you want to make sure that you know people take interest in you and sometimes that will put you in a position where you will make um, bad choices just to couch yourself to to fit someone else's ideal mm, that's funny or to to, to put yourself in a position where, you know, my public persona is this, or folks see this version of me, and that may not always be true. Not only is 1 Corinthians 13 talking about how to love, it's talking about how to live. It's talking about how you can no longer, you can't afford to be phony, you can't afford to be fake, you can't afford to, to, to not be genuine. Um, because as you, as you keep, as, as you keep reading through it, it talks about, you know, without having love, you're just, you know, you're just noise. You're just yeah. a clanging symbol. You're, you're, you're just an empty hat. You're, you're really soulless. Like you're just, you're just being, um, as opposed to really living and thriving. Um, and, and that's kind of, you know, what I take away from first Corinthians 13 and as believers, we have to be the example of unconditional love um, everywhere. Mm. Um, you mentioned something about like public and, 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 and private persona. Um, I think the church as a whole has a love issue. How so? Because the Bible... I think that's in my script also. It doesn't. The, the Bible itself doesn't teach you just to love inside of the church. It doesn't teach you just to love 
the pastor mm -hmm. or the deacon mm -hmm. or the usher. Mm -hmm. The Bible teaches you, and we, we see it here in 1 Corinthians 13, is that we're supposed to treat everyone by this standard of unconditional love, believer or not, saint, sinner alike. And I think right now, the church has a problem with showing genuine, true, agape, zoe type of love anywhere except inside of the building. We've, and we'll, we'll talk about church for a second. We've talked about, we talked about our love walk for an entire year. That is, was, was that 52 Sundays? Mm -hmm. where we spent nothing about nothing more than talking about love because it was that important. And I think we could probably do that for every Sunday going forward because every single biblical principle that is going to be taught, every single promise that is, you know, for us as believers, all can be traced back and all has a root in how we love one another. And if, as a believer, our relationship with loving unconditionally is limited to the people in our small circle, then it becomes a problem. Mm -hmm. What was your note? So, and please don't get mad at me for this. How can we, and I'm very sorry, and I think you're going to disagree with me here. How can we love other people when we can't love ourselves? And you have, um, how do you not say conceited and say conceited? How do you um, full of themselves the best. Are you looking for approval from someone else? I'm looking for somebody back there to nod to me. Like, yeah, use that <laughs> word. No, I'm not getting no help. Um, how do you, you're, you're probably really good at those things. I am not. I do not love myself. I surely don't love myself unconditionally. I stand in the mirror and pick out flaws. Mm -hmm. Right? So how can I struggle with my own love, my inner love, my un, un, you know, whatever, my unconditional love when I can't love myself. And now you want me to go out and love people unconditionally? Like, I don't even love myself. Well, I mean, I, one, um, I don't think that I'm conceited. <laughs> Let's start with that. Let's start with that first. First okay. of all. <laughs> first of all. Oh, wait, we talk about the love, not Right. <laughs> right. Um, no, I... This is gonna sound terrible um, because it's. I'm gonna answer it for me. Definitely. So a, a moment Can't ago, answer for anybody else. A moment ago when I said I'm, I'm not conceited or self-centered, uh -huh. but this answer is gonna to be totally about me. So maybe you're right. Um, I think that sometimes the overt confidence that's projected isn't always real. Really? What I, what I mean by that is that um, sometimes you can be extremely confident mm. in sort of your ability um, or, you know, what you think you know, but that isn't always, um, that's not always the best course. I mean, so sometimes I think we're just projecting because that's the expectation. And there are certain times where folks, and I'll talk about myself, will struggle with some of the same things that you're, that you're describing. Um, so... This is, this is probably a, a little over two years now, and I'm, I'm just, I'm gonna meander and talk about a work thing for a second. So, two years ago, we had, you know, some significant changes at work. Mm -hmm. And up until that point, I felt very confident 
and who I was as a leader, as, as an employee, like all like, I am the man. Like you can't tell me nothing because I got it. Mm -hmm. And um, and one day, you didn't have it. I didn't have it. Yeah. Um, it was uh, it was an incredibly humbling experience to understand that what I thought may not have been reality. Um, and you have to get to the point where one you're you have to be open and honest with yourself. I think over the past two years, 18 months, 24 months here, has been probably the biggest leap of growth that I've had as a person, hmm. um, as a man, as a father, as a husband, I've seen some um, as, as a believer, because up until that point, I will be honest with you, um, you know, there are some things like, well, uh, Lord, you sit this one out. Hmm. I got this. Don't worry about it. Lord, I'll tag you in when I really need you. And when you do that long enough and you feel or you've received some type of, you know, success or whatever, you start to believe your own press. Um, and that happened a lot. So you're, you're building up a lot of that false bravado, some of that confidence that's really not really confidence. It's just acting. Um, and it takes you down this crazy path. And if you do that long enough, you just kind of build up this, this fake facade and you see it happen in church, you see it happen outside of the building, and people just believe sort of that image that they built, and they're never really true to themselves. I mean, so to answer your question, it took an event to humble me to really see, okay, here's all the areas in which you have to be better. Um, and in that situation, it wasn't, I mean, there may have been a little bit of anger, but ultimately it was a, a time for me to, to, to grow um, emotionally, spiritually, for sure. And I think for us to truly love unconditionally is going to require us to be honest with ourselves and also look at who we are through the, through the lens that God looks at us. You know, it's not always just that, you know, you, you talk about picking out flaws, but he, he doesn't make mistakes. Right. You know, we, we are, are, are wonderfully made. We are handcrafted in his image. And I think that when we're looking at ourselves through the through the image of how God has created us, it helps it helps turn that page. We thank you for joining us for service today. Before we leave, we would like to give you the opportunity to know Jesus. It's as simple as ABC. I accept God and I acknowledge the sins in my life. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and I commit my life to you. If you said that simple prayer, we believe that you've been born again. Welcome to the family.